Good evening, you guys, and aloha to you. Welcome to our Wednesday service, and uh, we're going to get into God's Word right now. If you can grab your Bibles and open them up to Luke chapter 20, Luke chapter 20, and tonight we're going to be going over verses 20 through 26, and the title of our message is Paying Taxes and Honoring God, Paying Taxes and Honoring God. Uh, let's go ahead and um, uh, just um, pray one more time. We'll pray over the word, and I'll just uh, just piggyback off of uh, Zach's prayer just now. Lord, uh, we do ask for your anointing, God, and I just want to sit before your feet, Lord, and hear your voice as we all do, God, and we seek you right now. Bless your word. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, paying taxes and honoring God, that's our topic, that's our title tonight in Luke chapter 20. I read this story about this meeting with an IRS auditor it had been going on for some time. And then finally the agent looked into the eyes of this man sitting across the desk and said, It is your patriotic duty as a citizen of the United States to pay your taxes. And, he added, we expect you to pay them with a smile. Well, with this, the man on the other side of the desk broke into this huge, big, wide grin on his face and said, that's great. I was afraid you expected me to pay with cash. Yet he was paying with a smile. So I think he liked that. I, I know that wasn't really what the intention was. But uh, as we continue now in our study in the Gospel of Luke, Jesus is asked really this trick question about paying taxes. And so he brings up his view on paying taxes and honoring God. That's the title of our message tonight, Paying Taxes and Honoring God. Again, we're going to be continuing here in Luke chapter 20 from verse 20 to verse 26 as we make our way through this chapter verse by verse. And here in these short uh, six, seven verses here, we have three things we're going to see. And really, this wraps up into our point two. And we're going to see in paying taxes and honoring God, we're going to see three things to this story. Number one, the devious trap. Number two, the duty before God. And number three, the deposit that matters. So those are the three main points we're going to be finding out as we get into our passage tonight. So paying taxes and honoring God, our title once again. Let's begin with number one in our outline, the devious trap. The devious trap. Now here we're going to be covering verses 20 through 22. But let's begin here first of all with verse 20 of Luke 20. It says here, So they watched him and sent spies who pretended to be sincere that they might catch him in something he said so as to deliver him up to the authority and jurisdiction of the governor. So we'll stop right here. Now, as we begin here, Luke is writing on how the chief priests, the Pharisees, the scribes and all, they sent spies. The Jewish religious leaders sent spies to try and catch Jesus on, 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 on saying something uh, that they could use against them, basically. And so these guys are there undercover, yeah, waiting. And, and they actually come in with a plan designed to catch Jesus at something so that they can use it against him. Now, last time we ended with verse 19, where these religious leaders were actually mentioned in verse 19. They were trying to figure out some way, somehow, that they could lay hands on him. So they came up with what we're going to see in this story. They want to find something to condemn Jesus. Now, remember Jesus had just told that parable of the wicked tenants, which the Pharisee guys, they realized, hey, he's talking about us. And the title of our message last week was the rebellious heart. So Jesus was exposing their rebellious heart here. And so now they're angry. They don't like him. And as you know, this is the last week of his life. Uh, they're plotting already, and they're, it's coming down to the wire where they're going to end up manipulating things, accusing him of things where on Friday he's going to die, be hung upon the cross, and die. Uh, most commentators believe what we're reading right here is probably Wednesday, the last Wednesday of his life, 
the Wednesday of that last week of Jesus. So these guys being angry at Jesus and, and being angry that he humiliated, humiliated him, they actually um, were put together this plan. And remember, Jesus was trying to reach them all along. But anyway, they come back and commission these undercover spies to pretend, we read here, to be sincere. Like, they're really there to hear from Jesus. They're really listening to the teaching. And, and they're like pretending to be followers of Jesus. And, and to really pretending to be interested in what Jesus has to say. Uh, so they can find something, as I mentioned, to use against him. Here in verse 20 says, so as to deliver him up to the authority, to the jurisdiction of the governor. And the governor at that time, remember, was Pilate. So they want to bring some accusation so he would be condemned on the cross. So here in verse 20, the idea is the Jewish leader sent undercover spies to catch Jesus say something incriminating. That's the idea that we're seeing here in verse 20. You know, the interesting thing here is there's a parallel passage to this. Matthew chapter 22 tells the same story, uh, the same account, I should say. Uh, Matthew tells us that along with these spies, these fair, with the Pharisees or scribes that came and some of the chief priest representatives, <laughs> that came, there was a group called the Herodians who also were spies here. And these Herodians, they were actually dedicated um, uh, followers of King Herod. Um, and King Herod was kind of like this mayor over uh, the areas of Israel here. And, and so uh, Rome allowed him to be called, quote-unquote, king, and they made, he made a political deal and all this stuff for him. But, but these are Herodians. Now, they weren't uh, necessarily Jews, or they weren't considered that, but they were more into the politics. So uh, the Pharisees actually hated these Herodians. And because they joined together with Rome, that they sold out to the enemy of Rome, they didn't like these guys at all. But we see here... That's what's interesting. Along with what we're reading here, these Herodians came being part of this group. The Pharisees made this agreement with them uh, to join forces to try and get to Jesus. So here's the religious leaders laying aside their principles, basically, joining forces with people they don't really like and they didn't, they didn't, uh, they're opposed to, but they wanted to trap Jesus and have him killed. And I'm thinking... Who's, who's the real criminal here, right? It's crazy what is um, what we're reading here. You know, really what's going on, right? We've been learning that the jealousy of the Pharisees, yeah, was fueling all this. And that jealousy turned to hatred. And the hatred was leading to them to do something that they justified that it was okay, even though it was so wrong. So watch out for that progression. I was thinking about that as we've been reading and studying in the book of Luke, how from that jealousy to this hatred, and there, it's this bitterness, anger seething within, within them, then now they feel justified to actually try and get away to have him killed. I mean, again, these are Jewish religious leaders, and they should know better. All right, so that's these guys, these undercover spies that were commissioned by uh, the Jews to try and catch Jesus uh, with something he might say to incriminate him. So look at verse 21 and 22. So they come up, they ask him, these undercover spies, Teacher, we know that you speak and teach rightly and show no partiality, but truly teach the way of God. Is it lawful for us to give tribute to Caesar or not? So here they come. They approach Jesus and they come with this question and and to make it look really sincere like oh we just really want to learn from this you know not that they want to try and incriminate jesus or trap him they're they're pretending to be sincere as we read in verse 20 so in verse 21 they they come up to him they say teacher or or back then so it's like saying master yeah it's really a a a, a term of honor and respect only the highest rabbis the, the most respected ones they will come up and address a person or a rabbi in that way and so they come up like oh master rabbi oh great teacher that kind of thing and then they say now we know 
You speak and teach rightly. In other words, we know that what you teach is, is true. You, you don't say any wrong. You don't mess around at all. And you can see them beginning to butter the bread. Yeah? Pretty soon they're going to be putting the jam on top of it. And, and we know, here comes the jam, you show no partiality. I mean, you don't say things just to please ears. You, know? you, don't, you don't say things beca- you know, to, according to the audience that's around you. And you, you try and play favoritism and, and play up to them. No, we know that you teach, they say here, uh, you truly teach the way of God, end of verse 21. In other words, you hold to God's principles. You teach us integrity. You know, they, they're totally uh, uh, buttering the bread and putting jam on it and everything. Yeah, they're totally flattering him, him here. Now, if you think about it, what they're saying is all true, right? But here's these guys coming. They really don't believe it because they're setting up this trap. Basically, what we see in Proverbs 26, 28, it says, A lying tongue hates its victims, and a flattering mouth works ruin. So they really come lying, like, oh, yeah, we believe, yeah, you're, you're such a great teacher. You teach the truth, you know. We, we really just want to know the truth. You're, you're such a great guy. But they're really coming in, yeah, in, in a false way to set him up, to trap him. So in verse 22, as we read, they asked this question and this is this is a trap is it lawful for us to give tribute to caesar or not now i have to think that the pharisees and the chief priests the sadducee guys and maybe along with the herodians they got together like you know we got to get jesus well he's people are following him he's 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 cutting into our prophets you know by exposing the merchants and what's going on and and you know we we we're jealous we we, we hate him we got to get him well how can we get him you know well we got to get something that rome wouldn't even condemn him for so they probably you know talked together and and had this idea and came up with this question to approach jesus with so they bade him to trap him with this question so they say is it lawful in other words is it according to the scripture moses's law is it biblical i mean what does god say here so so that's what they're presenting to jesus um is it lawful what is what does god you know say about this is it lawful is it biblical for us to give tribute or pay taxes to caesar to give the roman government money to give Support Caesar in, in to be the head of the government there. Now, understand that the Jews in general, they hated these taxes. I mean, uh, maybe, I don't know anyone who likes tax to pay taxes anyway, right? But Rome especially, they heavily taxed everyone in the empire. I mean, they had all kinds of taxes, land tax, customs tax, um, wheel tax, all this, all these kinds of taxes. And, and But there was uh, uh, one of the things that they really didn't like and that out of the many taxes that were mandated, the one Jew, the Jews really hated the most was they called the poll tax or the head, head tax. It was a census tax. Uh, when they did a census, yearly census, it was to determine how many people there is and so how much taxes they should be receiving throughout the empire. So this head tax, this poll tax, was basically 33% of your income. So that, that was a lot. I, I, I mean, today maybe we're at 20 25%, but they were even more. And that's with all the other taxes going on. So they were heavily taxed. And, and, and it would seem as though that this is what they're really pointing to, not just the little taxes, but the big tax, the head tax, that 33% of your income had to be paid for, from everyone from age, I guess, 14 years old to 65. So everyone in the empire had to be paying these taxes. It funded the government. It funded the the Senate, the people in the Senate. It funded the servants. It funded the Caesar and his servants and his household and the palace. It funded the whole government uh, uh, operation and system that was going on. And also the Roman military. It funded the Roman 
military. So you can understand, these guys can, well, is it really biblical for us to pay? I mean, th this is Rome, yeah? Uh, we're, we're paying for Rome? I mean, what would God say? So they poise this question to Jesus, should we give tribute? Should we give taxes to Caesar, the Roman government, or not? M maybe it's not biblical because it funds the, our enemy, yeah? It funds the enemy, what they consider occupation of Israel. They don't have their own country. They don't, they're not autonomous. They're not their own state. They're under Rome. It funded the government that oppressed the Jews. And it funded the military that came down upon them. And it funded Caesar, who even said, you got to worship me as God. So it's a predicament, right? Is it really biblical to do this? Is it really according to the law? Jesus, what's the answer here? What a devious trap this is. This is the devious trap. It's designed to trap Jesus. Because no matter what he says, it, to them, it's not going to be good for Jesus. See, if Jesus were to answer, no, you got to pay your taxes, oh, the Jewish leaders could then accuse Jesus of siding with Rome, siding with the enemy. Oh, you mean... What? We are to worship Caesar? Is that what you're saying? And then the people would turn against Jesus. But if Jesus said, no, 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 it's not, uh, uh, we shouldn't pay the taxes. You know, it's not lawful. Then the Jewish leaders have witnesses, those undercover spies. They, they could go to Rome. They could go to the governor who is the jurisdiction there in, in um, Jerusalem. They could go to him and say, this Jesus said out of his mouth. We're not to pay taxes to Rome. He's trying to incite a rebellion. He, look at all the people following him. You need to get him, get the leader. And it wasn't the first time someone tried to do that too. So here they think we got Jesus. Either way, either the people are going to hate him or Rome's going to come and get him. So either way, if the people hate him, they're going to say, oh, let's get rid of him, stone him or whatever. Yeah. So either way, this is their trap. So you can, you can imagine... The, these undercover spies drooling at this moment, waiting for Jesus to get tripped up here and they can grab him. So what do we see here? First of all, before I go on, the devious trap was to come with flattery, bring up the controversy, all to manipulate Jesus into saying something incriminating. Yeah? that That's it. That that They're coming. They're basically wanting to trap him. They pull him in with the flattery, and then they bring up this controversy, yeah? I mean, I, I mean, who would not want to, well, okay, let me, let's talk about this, you know, kind of thing. Oh, you, you're, oh, you make me feel good, right? But it's all a manipulative move to trap Jesus into saying something incriminating. That's the devious trap here. You know what? I have to say, uh, last Sunday after church, I fell into a scam. <laughs> and I was, uh, what happened was I was, I was selling this surfboard and on Facebook Marketplace. And at, well, after church, when I looked at my phone um, uh, when, right before we drove home, I thought, whoa, there's two messages for someone wants to buy the board. And, and so we got home and I kind of hurried to respond and thinking, oh, no, I, yeah, you know, I, I, I don't know, I kind of feel bad if I'm. <laughs> texting late or something, right? So I was just kind of texting. And so the, I messaged the first person who had messaged me first. And and they, on the message, um, a messenger, they asked me to call this number or text this number. And so I text them. And they text back and said, oh, you know what? Um, yeah, I want to get it today. Uh, but for security reasons, text me back the six-digit code. I'm thinking, oh, that's different. All right. Um, and so this, all of a sudden this code came and popped on the phone, and so I text that. And then uh, they had said, well, I'll call you right away. Well, I text the code back, and then there's nothing. But it's almost as soon as I text the code, I'm going, wait, wait a minute, what am I doing? <laughs> you know, I was just in this mode of get it done, you know, hurry up, be nice, that kind of thing. And then I realized, oh, no, wait, especially when they said, oh, I'll call you right, right then. I never got a call. And then I realized, Oh, no. So I did a quick search on the Internet and found that this was a legitimate scam that's going on. 
and basically they try and get your number to use in Google Voice and 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 to use that Google Voice number to scam other people. I was reading some articles where um, other people in Facebook Marketplace or another, you know, um, where you sell things that they try and get your number, scam other people with your number, or fake, you know, they use your number as a fake one, try and get money and and who knows what else? Right? I was like, oh man. You know, and I had to read some articles on how to claim your quote-unquote number, you know, or reclaim. So I went and did all those steps, and fortunately, nothing had happened, and so I was able to actually claim or make a new claim on my number, and so far, it's okay, you know. But I was thinking, I just took the bait. I just was scammed. I just took the whole bait line hook and sinker and everything because it was that first oh i want to get it today you know it's kind of like flattery like oh yeah oh oh, oh i want to buy your board and i was like oh th- yeah yeah i want to respond they want you know and i felt good yeah make you feel good oh hey someone wants to get it today and then there's a little controversy oh but you know what i want to make sure you're for real because i don't want to be scammed so i'm going to send you this 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 security code thing you know oh yeah yeah that, that that's right we don't want to do that but that was actually a scam <laughs> it's so crazy and it's all a manipulation right to grab my heart to grab my good intentions to scam me and trap me you know and 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 use you know my number for their evil purposes and and i felt like oh my gosh <laughs> you know this is crazy but fortunately uh, I was able to, I guess, get out of it. And that second number, they ended up coming by the board later. I was like, oh, I should have just skipped it. But now I know. And hopefully you guys know, too. Don't, don't do that. Be on the lookout, though, you know, because not only is the world like that, but I'll tell you what, the devil's like that, right? I mean, he'll pull you in with flattery and then trap you with some sort of controversy and, and then he'll take you down. He wants to trap you to take you down. And what we got to do is be aware of this. Let God give us wisdom as we navigate through things. And and I, I guess don't rush. <laughs> don't rush things. Stop and pray and think about things. Don't be like me. But this is these guys. They come in, you know, sounding good, flattering Jesus, yeah, bringing up this valid controversial question, yeah, to pull Jesus in, but it was all a trap. And we will see here uh, how Jesus responds, though, um, on paying taxes and honoring God. So this is the devious trap. So number two, we go, come in our outline, the duty before God. The duty before God. Now, here we're going to cover verses 23 to, through the first part of verse 25. So 25a, I call it. So in verse 23, Jesus, he says, but he, or Luke writes, but he perceived their craftiness and said to them, show me a denarius whose likeness and inscription does it have? They said Caesar's. He said to them, then render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's. And we're going to stop right there. In our next section, we'll go on to the rest of verse 25. But I want to focus in on these verses. So in verse 23, Jesus perceived their craftiness. He he knew. Yeah? He could discern what's going on. He could see what they're, they're really up to, no matter how sincere they sounded, no matter what they were saying, no matter calling him teacher. He knew. How did he know? Well, he's God, right? Jesus is God. Of course, you cannot scam God. And they didn't believe that, but they went forward in that way. So, of course, Jesus saw what was going on. So, in understanding, knowing what their motive and what they're trying to do, he answers their question first by asking this question. And, And what he does first, really, is he asks now for a denarius. He says, show me a denarius. A denarius is, was a, a small silver coin, and it was worth one day's wage back then. So it was a pretty valuable coin. And um, this interesting thing, this is what you would actually pay your toll tax with, poll tax with, your head tax, with the denarius. And, and, and however denarius is you needed, this is what you would use to pay. So he asked for one. No, Jesus 
had to ask for him. It wasn't like he had one in his pocket, which shows how poor he really was. Yeah, they re- He really didn't have anything. I was picturing, you know, where this appear from? Maybe like he says, sh- he's talking to these undercover spies, right? And he says, well, show me a denarius. I don't know if someone in a crowd happened to have one, but I kind of suspect these guys, right, they're into money. They probably had some in their pocket or their little wallet purse or whatever. And they're like, well, here, you know, they had them. And so, Jesus probably takes it now. And then Jesus, I could see him probably lifting it up and then saying, whose likeness and inscription does it have? Uh, maybe holding a coin up and, and showing one uh, one side of the coin. Now, one side of the coin uh, had, it said in Latin, um, well, it had a head of Caesar, yeah, like, like, think about a quarter as what Washington's head, yeah? Uh, this denarius had the head of Caesar, um, and underneath it, in Latin, it says, Tiberius uh, Caesar, son of the divine Augustus. So, Tiberius Caesar, he was the one who was the head of Rome at that time. And on the other side, it said in Latin, high priest of God. Interesting, yeah? So you can see him holding this denarius. It's, it's an image of Caesar, Tiberius Caesar there. And it has his name. So, of course, everyone answers, well, this is, it's, it's Caesar's. Whose likeness, whose image is there? Caesar. Whose name is written? What is the inscription? Well, it's, it's Caesar's name. Yeah? So then, verse 29, uh, 25, excuse me, he said to them, then, Render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's. Render means give or give back. Render means it, it, it speaks really of, you know, it's your obligation to your duty to, to give Caesar what is his. This is your duty. This is your obligation to do that. So give, render. It's your obligation. It's your duty to give to Caesar the things that are Caesar's. So the analogy is what? On the coin, yeah, is his head and his name, his face and his name. So give it to him. It belongs to him, yeah? It's an image of him on there. It's the likeness. It's the inscription on there. So in other words, give Caesar what really his civil authority asks for. That's what he's saying. That's the basic idea here. Give to Caesar because this is Roman money and they ask you and this is... He's the one in the authority. He's asking you, so give it to him. What an amazing thing to say um, at a time when the government was in control, this Roman government. Yeah? As I mentioned before, I've given you reasons why the, the Jews didn't want to pay their taxes, but they were made to. It was a mandate. If they didn't, right? Whoa, you, you had the whole Roman government military upon you. But let, let me add this. Um, Caesar took some of the taxes to even build temples and shrines uh, to the different gods. And t- there was even a temple to himself. Yeah. So those taxes actually went toward this worship of, of Caesar. Um, if you think about Rome, they allowed slavery. Yeah. One um, uh, one. To one person, there were three slaves in the population back then. They say there was over six million slaves. They had no rights, uh, no justice for slaves. I mean, if they really revolted, they could have taken over, but they they, they didn't. Yeah. Uh, if you think about this, I'm kind of bringing it into our modern times. Roman Rome allowed abortions. Rome allowed extortion by the tax collectors. We talked about that with like uh, Matthew and Zacchaeus. Uh, just that it is is today, so it was back then, Rome was not a perfect government. So I'm saying that because this is interesting. This is amazing that Jesus would say, well, you know what? You give to Rome what their authority is asking you to do. Give to Caesar what is Caesar's. And there is no perfect government. Yeah, There'll never be until Jesus returns. Human government will always be uh, imperfect and never perfect. I like something um, 
Ray Steadman, a well-known pastor, once told how in his resentment of the IRS, he sent his, when he sent his tax return, he addressed it as the Infernal Revenue Service. Then the next year, he addressed his tax return to the Eternal uh, Revenue Service. Like, it's not going away soon. And you got to think about it. Every kingdom, every, you know, government and authority, it's supported by taxes. So even with all that Rome was doing, what is Jesus saying? Jesus is saying this. The duty before God is to pay your taxes and fund the role of government. Yeah? Jesus is speaking here. Jesus is God. They're asking, well, is, is, uh, what, what, what is the... Um, what does the law say? Is it lawful? You know? So he's asking, well, Jesus say, well, you know what your duty is before God and what is biblical is to pay your taxes and fund the role of government. Warren Wiersbe wrote, even if we cannot respect the people in office, we must respect the office. So I think that's something we need to understand is that God he wants us to pay your taxes. Now, we're, we're, we're going to go on with um, the rest of the verse 25 in the next section. But I want you to think about this for a moment. Just, just in what Jesus is saying, this is our duty. It's God calling us to do that, to pay your taxes, that to fund uh, the role of government in our lives, authority of government. Government, And this is what's important. It's important to respect what God has set up for the purpose of government. And what is that? Well, I want to take a moment to help you understand what your duty is before God. And there's four basic things I want to look at. So take a moment and turn to Romans chapter 13. Romans chapter 13. And we're going to briefly take a look at verses 1 through 7. Verses 1 through 7 here. Paul, when come, as you're turning there, Paul expands on really what Jesus was saying in our, our scriptures we're looking at in Luke chapter 20. And he, he expands on this. And, and the first thing I want you to see um, in verses 1 through 2 is, is God established the system of government. It is God who set up government. It is God who, who just like he, he instituted marriage, he instituted uh, government. He set up and established the system of government. That's the first thing I want you to see. Look at verse 1 and 2. Paul writes here, Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. Now, God in his sovereignty has set up government in his sovereignty. And and this is the general idea of this. This is the, the basic principle to understand that it's God who's the one who set it up. Like it or not, like the government or not, God set things up this way. And so we are to be, in verse 1, subject or submitted to the government, submitted to the laws, to, to obey the laws, to, to submit to the policy of the government and, and, and all that the government does because the authority really is given by God. And, and notice, he, he says in verse 2, uh, whoever resists the authority, what? They resist what God has appointed. So you're really going against God. And those who resist will incur judgment. So number one, God established a system of government. Number two we see here is God gave government the role to keep the peace. Now this really gets into why we have the government. God gave government the role to keep the peace. Look at verse 3. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? Then do what is good, and you will receive his approval. That's why we have government. That's why we have police force, yeah, to keep the peace, right? Uh, God set government so society could live in peace, so that we can 
have a good life, yeah? That we can uh, uh, have a, uh, go to work and, and, and make provision, you know, for our families. That we can have families, you know, that some of you have your own businesses. I mean, so that it's not chaos, you know, in this society going on. So that's government's role is to keep the peace in society so we can have a, a, a life. So, number one, God established a system of government. God gave government the role to keep the peace. And number three, God gave government the power to enforce justice. God gave government the power to enforce justice. Look at verse 4. For he is God's servant, talking about the ruler, for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid. For he does not bear the sword in vain, for he is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. So government is the body that God uses to enforce uh, the, the policies in keeping peace, the laws of the land. And they are the enforcer that hand out the punishment for crime, and they're the ones who are to bring justice. If there's no consequence, you know what happens? People will go wild. If there's not a government with laws and a f police force to uphold those laws, I mean, society will go crazy. I mean, look at when disaster happens, yeah? Um, you know, earthquakes in countries or, or, or um, you know, if, if the infrastructure falls apart, what happens? The nature of the sin nature of man comes out. There's looting, there's stealing, there's killing. There's, it just, it's just chaos, right, going on. Well, the, the, the real role of government is to keep that peace and bring justice, yeah, as a deterrent to the crime. And so they enforce the justice and they bring the consequence and punishment to crimes that are done. So God established a system of government. God gave government the role to keep the peace. God gave government the power to enforce just, justice. And number four is really going back to what we're seeing in Luke 20. God gave people the responsibility to pay for government through taxes. Now look at the rest of the verses here. Verse 5. Therefore, one must be in subjection, not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. So for the Lord's sake, we're, we're, we're going to submit. We're going to uh, submit to the government. And look what he adds here. For because of this, because of our conscience, because of our submission to the government, you also what? Pay taxes. For the authorities, this is crazy, are ministers of God attending to this very thing. In other words, everything that he just talked about. They're ministers. They're servants of God, basically, to uh, do and fulfill what God has established and instituted in government, in society. So we are to pay our taxes. Verse 7, pay to all what is owed to them, right? Give to Caesar, yeah, what is owed to Caesar. Taxes to whom taxes are owed. Revenue to whom revenue is owed. Respect to whom respect is owed, right? Like Wearsby said, yeah, we may not respect the person, but we're going to respect the office, yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, whom respect is owed, honor to whom honor is owed. So that's the idea and what Jesus is saying in Luke chapter 20, that we're not to neglect paying our taxes. We're not to cheat, you know, not pay or, or avoid it. I mean, yeah, there's legal deductions and things that are okay. That's okay, but we must pay our taxes. It's your duty before God. Yeah, that is the duty before God. That that's what's in, in important here in what Jesus is is saying. The duty before God is to pay your taxes and fund that role of government that God has established. Funny thing, this comes up right today when uh, we are in tax season, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, and I got to do my taxes. <laughs> I got to get that turned in. But you still may be thinking, well, but but. What if my tax money goes toward a government that I don't agree with? That we don't agree in how they're spending my money. Yeah? My hard-earned money that I'm supposed to give and, and then they spend it on this. Well, of course, we can do what we can, you know. Within our country, we can write letters, 
to government officials, can vote, you know, that freedom of speech. But in the end, no matter what, we still are to do what Jesus is saying. And you could turn back to Luke chapter 20, right? I mean, he, he, he didn't say, well, give to Caesar only when he's doing good, only when he's following the Bible. He's just saying, no, you know what? Pay your taxes. Remember, the, the Romans were no better than the government we have today, and maybe they're even more worse. Think about this. When Paul wrote uh, Romans 13, Caesar Nero was in charge, and, and he was really bad. I mean, he, he was known as a pedophile. He killed his wife and married his slave son, or his slave uh, boy, I should say, his slave boy. I mean, on top of that, he was the one killing Christians. And Paul writes, hey, you know, be subject to your government. We do know that what the disciples told the religious leaders uh, in Acts chapter 5, when they were told not to preach Jesus, they said in Acts 5.29, we must obey God rather than man. So there's, there, there is times where uh, the Bible does say, no, civil disobedience is okay. When it crosses the line, when it comes to preaching Jesus and his word. You know? And we know a lot of stories and about the underground churches, say in China or so, that they're not allowed to preach the Bible. They're not allowed to talk really about the real Jesus, and but they still are underground. They're going against the government. When it comes to that, yeah. But the principle stands, pay your taxes, whether it's good or, or a bad government, and trust God will hold the government accountable in the end. We're just to do what Jesus says is pay your taxes. And, and remember, Jesus is saying this. Jesus is putting out this principle. This is God talking. And we need to keep our conscience clear in this. That our conviction is, okay, no matter what, we have to pay those taxes. Even if, in our opinion, we don't like what this government is doing. It's, but it's still our duty before God to pay the taxes and fund the government. I mean, there's still that part of government that is keeping the peace. Yeah, There's still that part of government that is giving us this life that we live today. There's still that part of government, at least in our country, where we can meet like this and still study the Bible. And so we, we got to give. And, and with understanding this now in Luke 20, keep our conscience clear and live the conviction of what Jesus is telling us here. There's an old story of a anonymous taxpayer who sent the IRS some money in a note that said, Dear Sir, my conscience bothers me, so here's $175 which I owe in back taxes. Then at the bottom of the note that came with the money, it said, P.S., if my conscience still bothers me, I'll send the rest. <laughs> but we need to fully yeah, uh, follow God in this, no matter what. So this is why it's important to be paying taxes and honoring God with that. All right, we've seen the devious trap, the duty before God. And our last heading is the deposit that matters. The deposit that matters. I'm going to finish up our, our section here. But let's just reverse a little bit. Uh, go to verse 25 when Jesus answers them and said, Then render to Caesar the things that are Caesar, and to God the things that are God's. So there's a second half to this now. There's a second half to what Jesus is saying. Pay your taxes. That's your duty before God. But you know what? To God, give him, render to God, give him your, uh, your obligation, your duty to God is the things that are God, to give God the things that are his, to give to God what belongs to him. What is that? Well, we can say, well, you know what belongs to him? is worship. Uh, our praise, your praise, your adoration. You know what belongs to Him, really? Is your love to God, your obedience to God. You know what I think all of this is talking about is your life, our lives. That's what we got to give to God. Remember, Jesus says, render. Render means give. It speaks of obligation to your duty. So to Caesar, your duty is to pay the taxes. But to God, your duty is to give your life to Him. That's the idea here. Think about it this way. 
the coin belongs to Caesar, but your life should belong to God. Yeah? Think about that. Whose image is that? Oh, Caesar. Well, it belongs to him. But you know what? Your life, it belongs to God. It should belong to God. Bruce Barton wrote this. Caesar had the right to claim their tax money, but he had no claim on their souls. I love that. And you know who has that claim? God, our creator. He has that claim. So in verse 26, and they were not able in the presence of the people to catch him in what he said, but marveling at his answer, they became silent. So the undercover spies, they could not trap Jesus. They cannot, They could not shame Jesus in front of the people. Matter of fact, they were marveling in how Jesus answered them. And basically, they were silenced. Their mouths were open and couldn't say anything in return. In his reply, Jesus did not show that he was in rebellion against the government and also that he that we are not to be disloyal to God. It, it was a great, incredible, the most amazing, one of the most amazing answers uh, that Jesus had to these guys. So here's our last point. Jesus basically made a call for all to this. The deposit that matters is to give full ownership of your life over to the Lord God. The money, give the money. It's all right. Give money to give your taxes, whatever, pay. But you know what really matters? The deposit you are to make. What you do with, with the deposit, say the your your life, your soul, what matters is to give full ownership of your life over to the Lord God. I was thinking about this. Um when our children were small and toddlers and we'd go drop them off at Lake Keiki Church and the teacher would take a piece of tape, like blue tape, and write their last name on this blue tape and, and kind of stick it on the back, you know, so they wouldn't take it off or anything. And so they would go throughout Keiki Church with their last name on, on, on the back. Nagura was on the back. Well, that meant that child belonged to the Nagura family, right? And it made it easier identifying the toddler and all that. Well, when it comes to Jesus, remember, we're adopted into his family. We're children of God, sons and daughters of God. Jesus purchased, really, our, our salvation. He purchased us on the cross. And, and now when we receive Jesus, we belong to God. So here's what's important. Let us give to God what belongs to him, our lives. That's the deposit that matters, to give full ownership yeah of our lives over to the lord god and that includes worship that includes our attention that includes our love that includes every part of our life our work yeah our family yeah our thoughts our attitudes what's inside our hearts how we carry ourselves all of that we give ownership to the lord it belongs to him it's not our life anymore so we want to do it His will. We want to live as He wants us to live. We want to obey what He wants us to do. We give full ownership. So you see what Jesus is saying. Hey, the taxes, yeah, pay. It's part of government. It's part of what I institute. But you know what's really important? You know the deposit you really got to make is your life. Give it to me. Let me have full reign and ownership. That's what matters. So as we close tonight, do we really give everything? Do we give our all 100%? Or do we hold back? I'm going to close with this. A Washington, D.C. post office received a, a letter that was addressed to Santa Claus. The postmaster was touched by a little boy who wrote that he didn't want any toys, but he wanted food or clothing for his poor family. Well, the postmaster passed the letter on to a cabinet member in the government, and uh, uh, the cabinet member replied to the boy uh, writing on government stationery with $50 saying that Santa referred the matter to him. He made it kind of cute. Oh, Santa told us about you guys. Here's some money for your family. Well, the next year, another letter to Santa came from that same boy, and the postmaster opened the letter and found the letter to say this. Dear Santa, you were very kind to me last year, and I appreciate it. 
the next time uh, next time you send me money, don't forward it through the government. Those men over there, they always keep half. <laughs> but I was thinking about that. Sometimes, though, we may be like government. Yeah, We keep half. We don't hold on to half our lives. We want part of that cut, our ownership. Yeah, But God has given us a life to live. Yeah. You know, when he came into life, he saved us. Yeah? He gave us eternal life. You know, when he came into life, he gave He gave us a new life. We're new creations in him. He freed us from that bondage of sin. And many of you saw your life get turned around. And you're blessed. You, you're, you're, you're blessed with a good job and good provision now. No more that old life. And, and, and you're living this new life. But we can get real possessive about that and keep a lot of that to live for ourselves. But you know what? Tonight, let's give all that over to God and give Him the ownership and give Him what, we, what really belongs to Him, our heart, our life, our worship, our, our everything. Yeah? It, it, it should be all for Him. So let us give to God what belongs to God and remember also to always be paying taxes and honoring God. Let's pray. Jesus, uh, thank you again, Lord God, for your word and for speaking to us. God, as you challenge us once again to surrender, to uh, give over ownership of our lives to you. God, here we are, Lord. We want to come before you and give you our our registration to the car, God, our pink slip, God. Here we are. We want to give you, Lord, the deed to the house of our heart, Lord. Here we are, God. We we want, Lord, you to be the one, God, who who we belong to, and we want to live that way. On you have made, you are making us into your own very image. So may we give ownership to you, Lord. Um, forgive us for maybe our our bad attitudes of, and even not paying taxes like we should, Lord. But let us obey the law. And as we obey the law, we're obeying you, God. And as we pay our taxes, we're honoring you and what you've set up. God, I don't like a lot of things government is doing. I don't like a lot of things, Lord. But God, I want to respect the office. And I want to honor you, Lord, and I want to uh, be able to fulfill what you're asking me to do and trust in you in all of that, that you are sovereign and you're going to work things out and you're going to hold everyone, every government official, every head, every president uh, accountable to you, Lord. And so I will trust in you with those monies that you want me to give. But on my side, on our side, what's important is we surrender and give to you what really belongs to you, and that is our lives. So here we are, God, offering up, Lord, our life, our love, and our worship. In Jesus' name, amen.